Deuteronomy 16, verses 16 and 17. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Booths. They shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God that he has given you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Barrett. Yes. We are continuing in the theme of stewardship. Yes, we are. We're traversing the the Old Testament Old Testament mind of Will Kinds. Okay, wow. Our uh, our scripture scheduler, I guess. <laughs> Aficionado. Aficionado, yeah, 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 yeah. Theological advisor. And here we are in the uh, oftentimes less traversed book of Deuteronomy. Yes. Chapter 16. Yes. And we're getting some instructions about the the Feast of Unleavened Bread, a.k.a. the Passover, Feast of Weeks, Feast of Booze. And this is sort of coming on the tail end of a lot of instruction about these feasts. And here we see this command that all the, the men of Israel shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed, mm. but that they should all give as they are able according to the blessing of the Lord. So what are your thoughts on this passage? Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're looking at this from a stewardship standpoint, not yep. necessarily from like a historical Israel standpoint. Yep. And so the, I think the the interesting thing to note, or a couple of interesting things to note about, you know, how the Lord set up this system with Israel and these different feasts, you know, Israel would, uh, you know, as the Lord like carried out their history, they would have these different feasts that were kind of installed to commemorate and to remember, you know, certain things that happened in the past. Yep. Um, and so, uh, so, so here is mentioned the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Boots. And it says that three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord. Um, so it's interesting that it's all of your males. And, and presumably, there's nothing that would say against, like, the females coming. So I think all the, all the females would actually come but the males were actually required. So yeah. all the males were required. So, um, but the interesting thing here is that it's not just saying like the Levite males, which the reason that we might read the Levite males is because that was kind of the priestly tribe yeah. of Israel. Yeah. But it's saying all the males uh, are, to, are to come and, and appear before the Lord and kind of present this offering. Um, and so I, I think it's instructive to us, you know, as you and I were just talking about this whole idea in the in in the Old Testament that carries over in the New Testament of the priesthood of all believers, yeah. and how it's not just you know the um, the pastoral staff or or whatever that's kind of like the chosen tribe, if you will, to minister to minister in the church and then also outside the church, but we're all called to be a priesthood of believers. And so it's it's the priesthood of all believers. Mm -hmm. um, so the Lord calls all of us into ministry. And you were even mentioning Ephesians 4.12. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, that well-known verse that's talking about how we're equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Mm -hmm. And so that it it changes it changes your paradigm when you come to church with that verse mm -hmm. in mind. Yeah. You're not just coming to be fed, you're not just coming to, you know, consume a great sermon or good worship or, 
you know, kind of pay your dues or your respects to God or however, you know, some people view church, Mm -hmm. but really you're coming to do a lot of those things, but also to be equipped for the work of ministry because all of us should in fact be a part of this priesthood of all believers. We should, we should all be taking up this mantle to carry ministry forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, one of the things that Jordan, um, when he's leading on Sundays, often says and, and reminds us of is when we show up to worship, we're not doing God any favors, yeah. but we're receiving a, a gracious invitation. Mm. And, you know, I think this is one of the one of the places where we can get off base with stewardship is, you know, oftentimes we can give begrudgingly. Other times we can give, you know, in a sense, like joyfully, but with like a wrong motivation and a yeah. wrong mindset. I think one of the key phrases here is in verse 17, every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord. Hmm. And so, you know, w- one of the signs of God's mercy that's buried in Levitical law is there's actually like allowance for destitute people. And mm. so if you read through Leviticus, a lot of times, you know, for, for different offerings, for sin offerings, for whatever, it'll say, you know, if so, if like such a thing, blah, blah, blah happens, right. Then a, a person shall give a bull. If he can't afford a bull, he shall give, you know, two pigeons or right. whatever. Like there's kind of different tiers keeps going down yeah, that there, are based, right. that are basically allowing for people to based on his economical yeah, status. Yeah, re-enter right fellowship with God regardless mm-hmm. of what earthly resources they have. Right. And you know, I think one of the one of the key things to godly stewardship of our money, of our time, of our resources and connections or whatever is realizing that we are returning things that are entrusted to us by God's grace. You know, we are not mm-hmm. We're not lending God some of the, you know, good scraps that we've pieced together for ourselves, but we're viewing everything through the lens of his grace to us and, and yeah. returning that hmm. joyfully. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's interesting that he says here that they shall not appear before the Lord empty handed. So mm-hmm. the Lord expects them to bring something in their hands. And um I you know, I, I always like to talk about us like coming before the Lord open handed. And so, you know, a little a little play on words here with like the Lord saying, "You wouldn't." Well, you wouldn't. Will I'm going to go there you and poet. I, you know, you, you poet. you're a sharp guy, so I think you're going to pick up on this oh, quickly. Man. But uh, yeah, so so you know, it says they shall appear before the Lord empty. They shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed, but they should have things in their hands. Um, and so I I I always see this as like a, a good way to view a right posture before the Lord is to come before the Lord and bringing things before the Lord, but bringing them open-handed. And I think some of us do have such a tendency to come before the Lord, but we're very like closed handed, closed fist. Yeah. And and we try to like cling on to the things that we have, yeah, or yeah. we're very reluctant to give those over to the Lord. Um, and so I, I, I would just, you know, encourage all of us to, as we come before the Lord, definitely not to appear before the Lord empty handed, mm-hmm. but also to appear before the Lord open handed. Yeah. And, and what mm-hmm. we have, you know, we just all set it out on the table and, and just say, Lord, this is, this is all yours to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so I am, uh, 
you know, wanting to, wanting to give back what, what is yours? Yeah. And you know, a really important thing to keep in mind when we read stuff like this is God is not after our stuff. Mm. He doesn't want our stuff. He doesn't need our stuff. Yes. He's after our hearts and he wants our hearts. And, and you know, I, one of my favorite passages is that it's a, you know, do I, do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Yeah. Um, and, and it's just a good reminder of, you know, a lot of times doing like music and, and worship stuff and, and whatever creative, um, things I'm, I'm doing in, in the church context or whatever you can, I can get really discouraged, um, because I, I almost feel like unable to like render the the thing that I feel like God like needs from me. Mm. And it's always such a good reminder of, of the offerings that we bring before God. We're not watering a house plant. You know, he, mm. we're not like keeping him alive. We're not sustaining him. We're not paying, paying a salary. Right. What we are doing is we're outwardly demonstrating what he has done in our hearts. Mm. And so you know, God doesn't need the men of Israel to show up with these sacrifices or else he's going to like go hungry another year. Right. He, he wants them to come with full and open hands hmm. because it demonstrates hearts that are grateful to him and that love him and yeah. that recognize his grace to them. Right. And, and so that that's so, so key with stewardship is like, God doesn't need your, your 10% of your like, you know, salary from truest bank. Like yeah. he, he's fine. <laughs> right. And I, I mean, the, I, I love how you put that. Like we're not trying to water a house plant. <laughs> That's a good way to think of it. On the other side of that is, is those who kind of know like, okay, I know God doesn't need to be watered in order to grow or whatever, but I struggle with giving my tithe or offerings or whatever because I'm thinking of all the ways I could use that money if I didn't give it yeah. to the church. Like, should you know, I put it into my kid's college? Right. Run? And so yeah, yeah. W- when you get into that line of thinking, you've already missed the point. Yep. Because the Lord is after your heart. He's not after your your checking account. He's yep. not after your stuff. This is something, like you were saying, I mean, this is something that we do. We give back to the Lord because of of what he has blessed us with. And that's exactly what this is. According to the blessing of the Lord your God that he has given you. Mm-hmm. So the Lord has given to us and we graciously give back to him. Mm. Uh, and, and and so we don't need to have, I mean, and that's where I think the second Corinthians passage is going, where Paul says, God loves a cheerful giver mm-hmm. because it's not a begrudging giver. Yeah. So if you're at that place, I would say, continue to give, like, don't stop giving. So, well, I'm a, I'm a begrudged giver. Yeah. So I'm I'll just start giving stop. when I'm a cheerful giver. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait till I'm cheerful. No, don't wait till you're cheerful, like start giving, but maybe work that out in community and yeah. just say, you know, to a community group leader or to a pastor or somebody else, just say, honestly, I'm giving, but I'm, I'm like struggling in this area. Yeah. And, and I'd love some, love some prayer. Yeah. and counsel and, and by being obedient in that you're discipling your heart towards yes. the right mentality that's right yeah. that's right all right well a great word today from the book of deuteronomy we'll be back tomorrow for will carlisle i'm barrett fisher thanks for listening to our daily rhythm i'm jason dees one of the pastors of christ covenant and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on god's word 
If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.